promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my sighing. Pay attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for I pray to you. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil cannot dwell with you. The boastful cannot stand in your sight. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who tell lies. The Lord abhors violent and treacherous people. But I enter your house by the abundance of your faithful love. I bow down toward your holy temple in reverential awe of you. Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my adversaries. Make your way straight before me. For there is nothing reliable in what they say. Destruction is within them. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongues. Punish them, God. Let them fall by their own schemes. Drive them out because of their many cries, for they rebel against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them and may those who love your name boast about you. For you, Lord, bless the righteous one. You surround him with favor like a shield. Amen. Well, this is our psalm for this week. And it was actually the psalm I read yesterday as part of my uh, daily uh, devotions, my, my morning prayer time. And it's Psalm 5, and I love Psalm 5. It's, it's a beautiful prayer to God to try and help to keep us out of that sense of temptation, right? That temptation which leads us to uh, uh, turn away from him, that leads us down a different path, that leads us in a way of unrighteousness, where, where we try and seek our righteousness somewhere else. That's, that's unrighteousness. Our only righteousness is that which God has and God bestows upon us in Christ. And so it begins, listen to my words, Lord. Consider my, my sighing. Uh, other translations uh, use some different verbiage than that. But what I love about that picture is that, listen to my words. And if my words are not enough that I bring to you, Will you at least pay attention to my groaning, my sighing, my, my, uh, my inward being? The uh, Book of Common Prayer, uh, the Coverdale Psalter, he, he translated it, Ponder my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Uh, meditation not necessarily being this usage of words, but this meditation of, of it's, it's upon you, you're thinking about it. This idea that prayer doesn't necessarily have to be this, this voicing of everything that we say. I think that's what we should be learning from the Lord's Prayer. We've talked about this a little bit. That the Lord's Prayer is given to us as a prayer so that we don't spend our times multiplying our words in hopes that God will hear us because of those. Or that God somehow is commanded by us to do certain things. But instead, it brings us to that place in which faith takes center stage where we pray for particular things, for his will to be done, his kingdom to come, daily bread, uh, forgiveness, 
to, to be kept with him, not going off into temptation, all these things that encompass the basic needs that we have to pray for, whether it be healing, jobs, uh, our own sin, all those things. And so then we trust that instead of having to bring every single name, every single petition before the throne of grace, God hears us. He knows us. He, those moments when you're in the hospital room and you have no words to pray because your spouse or your child or even yourself lying there in bed and you do not know whether they are going to wake, whether they are going to be able to walk, whether they are going to be breathed on their own, whatever the case may be our sighing, our groaning, God sees it and knows of what we need. And so I love how it begins there in that place. And then he says, pay attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for I pray to you. This, this introduction of the psalm saying, now please listen to me, hear my words you've promised. Please hear my words this time. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly that, that, uh, that we cry out to God and then we rest in faith and hope, waiting to see God's answer, waiting to see what God will do. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil cannot dwell with you. The boastful cannot stand in your sight. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who tell lies. The Lord, Lord abhors violent and treacherous people. The psalm was written by David and, and David was surrounded by conspiracies, he was surrounded by trouble, whether it be running from Saul, running from his own son Absalom, uh, all of these things. Anyone that, that makes themselves king or God makes into a king are going to suffer from anxieties regularly because it was not a secure position. Uh, you can see that all down through history, we read about it here in the Old Testament, but also in histories of various other cultures, various other countries. Someone else wants to be king, so they'll kill the king that is currently in power so that they can become king. These, these regular anxieties, these regular worries, and here we have David crying out to God with these worries. Not necessarily naming any particular people, but, but crying out for God's protection and God's deliverance, knowing that God will deliver us in some way, shape, or form. And he says, I enter your house by the abundance of your faithful love, meaning that he knows that he has no right to enter the house of God. That he has no right to, to come into his presence and make any demands. But he, he says, I, I, I go in because of the abundance of your chesed, your, your loving kindness, your long-suffering love, your love that is a faithful love in the sense that you've made a decision about me, that you are my God. You, you've told me that I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and so therefore I have a God who promises me things. So as I bow down towards your holy temple in reverential awe of you, and then asks of him, lead me in your righteousness because of my adversaries. Make your way straight before me. I think this is where temptation comes into play, right? Because being put into a position in which we lose faith, we lose trust. We start to trust in ourselves. We start to trust in other things. Uh, him being surrounded by adversaries, surrounded by enemies, could always constantly believe that the, that the, uh, the nation of Judah, his, his kingship, could come to an end at any point. 
and he can stop trusting in God and he can start trusting in himself. We see it happen in his, in his biography. And, and here, he is praying to God that God would lead him in God's righteousness. Notice it's God's righteousness. It's not David's righteousness. It's lead me in your righteousness. Make your way straight before me. Protect me from trying to go off in other directions, trying to find shortcuts, trying to turn around and go back another way. But, but take me straight through on the path that you have laid before me. And then he, he then again goes after the, the ones who are coming after him. For there's nothing reliable in what they say. I wonder if you've ever had people tell lies about you and there's nothing you can do about it. That people, because of lies people have told about you, uh, people have a particular decision that they've made about you. That's part of the reason why the decision that God has made about you is so important. Throat is an open grave, they flatter with their tongues, and then he asks for punishment on them. I wonder how often we do that, asking God to punish somebody who is coming after us, causing us torment. Drive them out because of their crimes, for they rebel against you. Notice that the crime is rebelling against God. And in some place, some ways you could sit there and say that they're rebelling against David, <laughs> the chosen one, and so they're rebelling against God. But, but notice that that is the, the sense of the wickedness, the lack of trust, the, the, the uh, movement away from God towards something else, desiring what it is that we want rather than taking whatever it is that God has given us. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them and may those who love your name boast about you. I love that. Let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Be filled with joy as we rest in God. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them. That shelter and that refuge, basically the same word, a place of covering, a place of safety, a sanctuary. And may those who love your name boast about you, not about ourselves or about someone else, but about God and what it is that God has laid out for us. For you, Lord, bless the righteous one. You surround him with favor like a shield, a sense of protection, a sense of covering. A prayer that I think we need regularly, especially when we do find ourselves falling into temptation, tempted to run away from God. A prayer that we need regularly, that we might cling to him in all things, trusting that whatever outcomes may come our way, he will care for us. Let us pray. O God, who tempts no one to sin, we pray to you so to guard and keep us that the devil, the world, and our own flesh may not deceive us nor lead us into error, unbelief, despair, and other great and shameful sins, and that though we be thus tempted, we may finally prevail and gain victory through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow.